we continue today <laughs> the uh, chronological advent. We will finish today um, uh, Matthew chapter 2, 1 through 23. And next week, we'll jump back into 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I believe it's 16 through 23 for that one. Uh, but this week, we're going to uh, read and focus on the um, account of the Magi, okay, the wise men. Um, and uh, and I, I, it's a long text, and not all of it deals completely with these guys, uh, but but that's going to be the focus. We're going to look at the rest of it, too, because I just really, I almost, I felt like when we uh, did the... Um, uh, Christmas Eve service, and I read Luke chapter 2, I felt like there was so much of it there that I didn't, I wasn't able to get to. Um, I didn't really focus much on the shepherds, and that's a lot of Luke chapter 2, right? So today, I want to read this, but I want you to know that the focus, um, although we're going to talk about the rest of it, the focus is on the Magi and what they did and how we can look at them uh, and even, if you will, look up to them and, um, and to some extent follow their example and follow their lead. So I'm going to ask you to stand uh, if you're able. Uh, it is a long text, um, but uh, Matthew chapter 2, 1 through 23. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent him to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now when they departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring, till I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning. Rachel, weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. 
But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Father, again, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word, and thank you for the truths in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. And be seated. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, you know, um, there are so many things in this text, and um, and, and it, it's it. Uh, it. Did you hear a lot of phrases or a couple phrases several times? A- and the Lord spoke to so and so in a dream. Uh, divinely and being divinely warned in a dream. I, I think that's really interesting that you heard that so many times in here, um, that God spoke to a lot of people that way, particularly to the Magi and to Joseph. Um, and it just tells me that we need to be open to what God's telling us, you know. And I don't know if I'm going to, if I would get to that now in the, in the sermon or not, but I want to make sure I hit that. And you notice also, and, and I think I, I counted more than I had originally, how many times did you heard, hear the phrase, the young child? Right? You notice that at this point, um, it's not the babe in a manger anymore. Okay? Because what we see here is um, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in the days, in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. After he was born, this is some time after he was born, and we believe from what they say that, that Herod killed the babies two years old and younger, that it was somewhere around two years after the birth of Jesus Christ. And so um, we three kings of Orient are, right? We love that song. It's a great song. We love to sing it. It's majestic. Um, and yet, guess what? There's nothing in the scriptures that tells us that these guys were kings. Okay, And there's really nothing in the scriptures that tells us there were three of them, although there were three gifts, so that's where they get that hint from and that idea from. Okay, um, But when Jesus was born, they saw a star. They saw a star that pointed them to a newborn king. And, and when I look at that, and, and, and we, you know, we don't know what kind of star it was. Was it a brand new star? Was it a great big bright shining star? And, and, and I wonder... If it was a great big bright shining star, how blind the rest of the world had to be to miss it, okay? And so I kind of, I kind of, I kind of go over that one a little bit, but I just wonder how they saw that star. And the, the scriptures or or learning about these guys uh, tells us that they were um, uh, they were from the east, and some people believe it was from Persia, and that they were probably of the priestly order of Persia. That they were. Um, they were men of learning and authority. They were scientists. They were skilled in philosophy and science. They were skilled in medicine and astrology. And that they were looking to the stars. Now, somebody has given us the um, possibility that there was a star, and somehow it had to do with, with a, a sign, uh, and that maybe it was a constellation called Regulus. Regulus is the sign of the king, okay? And so they saw this star in that constellation or whatever and thought, well, there's a new king, okay? And they were right. However it all came about, whatever kind of star it was, they knew what they were doing. They were being led by God, and they came to do what? They came to worship this newborn king. I love this whole picture. Um, it was in the days of Herod the king. What do we know about Herod? Well, we know that Herod was a um, bloody tyrant, okay? And I don't use that word as the English use that word, okay? Uh, 
for the English, the word bloody is a cuss word, all right? I don't use it that way. He was a bloody tyrant. He, um, he was the kind of guy that he was going to guard his, um, his throne with everything that he had. Uh, he was going to do everything he could to keep his throne. He, um, secular history tells us that he murdered many of his family, including his favorite wife, okay? By the way, he had 10, okay? Yeah, so, and maybe not all at the same time, but one after another, uh, he had, uh, and he murdered his favorite wife. He murdered her grandfather, her brother, and some of, her own of his own children. He had, on one occasion, he had the whole Sanhedrin, the ruling body of the Jewish government, assassinated. On another occasion, he had all the notable men in Jerusalem put to death. Um, and, uh, and after Jesus was born, he had all the babies in the area of Bethlehem, two years old and younger, put to death. Okay, this is the kind of guy that was ruling when Jesus was born. You know, we, we may look at, at what our uh, leaders do sometimes and uh, and think that they're a mess. Okay, and, and they may look at me and think I'm a mess, too. Okay, uh, and that's okay with me. Uh, but I look at our leaders sometimes and I think every one of them's a mess. And some of them are a mess one way. Some of them are a mess another way. Some of them a different way. But they're not Herod. Okay, they're not like Herod. All right. And. Um, and so he was the one that was ruling. And by the way, what else do we know about Herod? He wasn't really a Jew, okay? He was, um, he was, he was half Jewish, but he didn't really uh, adhere to the Jewish teachings, all right? He, one of the things that he did was he became a full Jew so that they would make him king of the Jews. Everything he did was to get power and to be able to be in power. And then everything he did after that was to keep power. And it's interesting to me that... Um, that he died not long after the birth of Jesus, but he killed a baby or a bunch of babies to keep a two-year-old from taking the throne when he was going to be gone anyway. The guy was, sorry, demented. He was nuts. He was Looney Tunes, okay? Um, and, uh, and so this is, this is who was ruling when Jesus was born. And wise men, magi, if you will, came from the east to Jerusalem, okay? And... And it makes sense. Now, do you know where Bethlehem is in relation to Jerusalem? It's about five to six miles south. Now, we don't know exactly where they came from in the east. If they came from Persia, you know, maybe they didn't go past Bethlehem. But it's possible that they came past Bethlehem on their way to Jerusalem, okay? Um, but they came, and here's what they said. They went to Jerusalem, and they were looking for this newborn king. Um, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Well, if they went right past Bethlehem, um, they went into Jerusalem, and there was a reason for that, because Jerusalem was the center of Hebrew worship. That's where the temple was. That's where they were to make all of their sacrifices. That's, that's where the Sanhedrin was, and that's where the Sanhedrin ruled. That's where all the priests uh, would come to make uh, sacrifices and offerings for the people, um, to purify the people. So they came to Jerusalem thinking somebody there is going to know where this newborn king is, where this king, new king, born king of the Jews, where he is. And so they went in and they asked. They started asking around town, around the city. And Herod, when he heard this, he was troubled. Well, Herod was troubled anyway. You know, I mean, his, his, his mind wasn't right if he was going to do everything that he did. But he was troubled because of this, because guess what? He was king. He was king, and now we have a baby, and you're going to come worship him instead of me? I'm the king. You should bow down to me. And so he was troubled, and because he was troubled, guess what? It says all Jerusalem with him was troubled. And I'm telling you, if my king was like Herod, I'd be troubled too. 
I'd be worried, I'd be concerned, I'd be watching my back every step of the way, okay? If I was going to do anything against him, I would make sure that everybody didn't know about it, okay? I would make sure that all the steps I took to do anything against this king were very sneaky and very in the dark, okay? All right, because I'm not going to let him find this stuff out. But God kind of worked the same way in this, so we're going to see that in a minute here. When Herod the king was heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Jerusalem was troubled with him, some of them, because, because they knew that if he was troubled, guess what? He was going to cause trouble for them. Okay, and so those are the ones that didn't support him, but then there were some on the other side that maybe did support him, and they were troubled too. Why was that? Because if there was a king, a new one that was born that was going to take over, and they were supporting King Herod, well, now they've just lost their position. They just lost their power, okay? And so they were troubled. Everybody was troubled. The whole city was troubled when they heard that there was a new king that had been born. And so what he did, he gathered the, the chief priests and the scribes and uh, inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, okay? Um, do you know, think about it, because I'm guessing that every five-year-old in this building would be able to tell us where Jesus was born. They might stay in a stable and laid in a manger, but most of them would be able to tell us even what town he was born in, all right? I'm guessing. They've been in Sunday school. They've heard the story. They know where Jesus was born, but... Herod, the king of the Jews, the one who claimed to rule over them, didn't have any idea where Jesus, where the Messiah was supposed to be born. He was so ignorant of their scriptures that he had to have the chief priests and the scribes come in to answer this very simple question. He didn't have a clue. That tells you what kind of a Jew he really was. And so he brings them in and he inquires of them where the Christ was to be born. And they say, <clears throat> in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written, and we've read this, Micah 5.2, we read it every Advent, okay? But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. He didn't know that. He, wasn't, he, he was that badly versed in the Old Testament, you know, in the Hebrew Scriptures. He knew that little. And you know what's interesting about this? There's no other... There's no other prophecy that tells us that the Messiah might be born somewhere else, okay? There's no other contradicting prophecy that says Jesus could be born somewhere else. This is the one that tells us where Messiah is going to be born, where the ruler who is going to shepherd his people Israel is going to be born. If he knew that one, he would know where Christ was going to be born. He didn't have to know all the others. He just needed to know that one, and he didn't even know that. And so he brought them to him, and they told him, Here's what it says. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. And they gave him, um, they gave him uh, book and verse. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. And you know what Bethlehem was? It was a tiny little town. It, wasn't, it, wasn't, it was known for two things. It would be in the city of David, okay, and the prophesied city of the Messiah's birth. And that's about all it was known for, okay? It wasn't a very big town. We talked about it, I think, the last week or the week before, that it's possible that there was only one inn, okay, it wasn't very big. They didn't expect a lot of guests. They didn't expect people to come uh, to visit Bethlehem. It was, they'd go to Jerusalem instead, pass right by Bethlehem, go on straight on into Jerusalem. It wasn't famous for very much. And so, um, but this is the one thing it was going to be known for. Out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. I love this picture, okay? How many of you ever shepherded sheep? Anybody? Come on, somebody has. Seriously. 
Anybody shepherded sheep? Nobody? I haven't either. Um, but I've, I've tried to get them to come over to the fence to talk to me. Cows I can do it with, okay? I can get the cows to come over. But the sheep, you know, I just, have, meh, meh. And they just ignore me like they don't even know who I am. The cows, meh. And here they come. They want to talk. They want to get together. But the sheep, they don't want to. You know why? Because they only follow their shepherd's voice. They only follow their shepherd's voice. And see, when you look at this idea here with a ruler and a shepherd, isn't that interesting? I mean, you would think that, that those are contradictory because when a shepherd leads his people, he goes out front. He's the one that goes first. He or a shepherdess, she, they go out front and they lead their shepherd or their sheep and the sheep follow them because what? They know their voice, his voice. Now, how does that relate to being a ruler? How does being a shepherd who leads like that relate to being a ruler? Well, if I'm a follower of Christ, if I'm one of his sheep and he's leading me that way, I'm not going to go like that. Even though he's leading me, he is still ruling my life if I'm one of his followers. I am still, if you will put it this way, obligated to follow him because he is my shepherd. And in that way, he is ruler, okay? Now we think about this, and I want to go with another word, and I love what you did here, uh, Timothy, with the crown, okay, and the cradle, King Jesus, King Jesus. I follow a guy named Richard Ross. You owe me now, Richard, okay, on, on, on uh, Facebook, and uh, he's a um, consultant and a professor at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, a youth ministry consultant. And one of his favorite phrases is King Jesus. Teach your young people to follow King Jesus, okay? And, and he's, he's very straightforward about all of that. And I, so I love the phrase, King Jesus, and we see it right here with the images that he has shown for us, the crown and the cradle, Jesus Christ, King Jesus, because he is ruler, because he is king, because he is sovereign. He is the one who rules, he is the one who reigns, and he is the one who leads us and shepherds us. And so he's going to be born in Bethlehem. And so Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, okay, so he, the wise men came to him and asked him, and he sent them away, and he called the other guys, the chief priests and the scribes, and asked them, and he told them, the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem. So he called the wise men back and said, hey, go find him. Go find Jesus. Search for him carefully. Find the young child. When you've found him, bring back words to me that I may come and worship him also. Now, let's take a quick look at worship. I wonder sometimes if we really know, and I wonder uh, not just about, not, I mean, uh, if we really know what worship is. Because um, I look at this here and, and, and I see that the wise men came to worship him. They have, we have come to worship him. And he says, go and find him and bring back word that I may come and worship him also. Now, you know what kind of guy he was. He was a bloody tyrant. He was a killer. He was a murderer. He was, uh, and, and they weren't. They really wanted to meet and to know and to worship this newborn king, King Jesus. So if they both used the word worship, then we need to find out what it was. We need to study it, look at it a little bit. And, and as I looked at that word, it's the, it's the idea of a dog licking the master's hand. Okay? And I wonder, I wonder if in, in, in the Christian church today, We look at worship as something that makes us feel good, okay? 
We look at worship as, as man, I was really, I was really worshiping. I was really lifted up. That was fantastic singing. That was fantastic, fantastic worship time today. And 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 I'm not confident that that that's all there is. I think that is part of it. Okay, but if if all worship does is make me feel good, I can get a shower and I feel good. I go for a run and I feel great. But those aren't worship. Okay. And so we look at this, and, and what's happening when the dog is bending down, it means to, to lick the master's hand, to bow down before them, to, to be prostrate on your face. Is that the right word? Yes. Um, Got to make sure that R, second R, is in there, right? Uh, and to be down on your face, in your hands, in your knees, bowing down to him, admitting that he is greater than us, and we owe him everything. And that's what they came to do. That's not what Herod came to do. That's not what Herod wanted. He didn't want to bow down before this king. He wanted to eliminate him. He wanted to take him out. I think we need to also understand how great the protection of God is here. You know, on his son, on Messiah, on the one who is eventually going to die so that we can live. But it's not that time yet. There's time for something else to happen for him to become that Lamb of God, must grow and must um, uh, must go to the cross on his own, not be killed by a nasty tyrant ruler, Herod. And so he said that I may come and worship him. Bring him back that I, to me that I may bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. And so when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. I wonder why it disappeared. I wonder why they lost it. I wonder why. And, and again, I don't know where they came from. Um, but if they were coming up the south road towards Bethlehem and um, walked through Bethlehem during the day when the star wasn't, wasn't as, as visible and moved on to, to, um, to Jerusalem. So here's Bethlehem, and I'm walking this way. I'm coming up like this, and the star's up there. Now I don't see it anymore. Okay? It's behind me. I'm not looking the right direction. Okay? So they went to Jerusalem, and then when they came back out of Jerusalem, guess what? There's the star again, and they see the star. I don't know. Total conjecture on my part, but maybe God intentionally did it exactly the way he did it so that when they walked around in that countryside, the star wasn't visible to them for a while. But then when they went to Jerusalem, the star became visible again to them. And the star led them to the house where the child lay. And they saw the star... They rejoiced with exceedingly great joy because they really, truly did intend to go to where he was and worship him, bow down before him, and yes, even offer him gifts. And when they come into the house, not the stable, but the house, so it appears that, that since that time, Mary and Joseph had found a place to stay. They had maybe found a place in the, uh, uh, another home uh, that somebody else had had, maybe rented one out, maybe, I don't know, we don't know. But they had a place to stay, a real house where they could live, where they could raise the child Jesus, at least for a little while. And I, you know, I, I'm, I, I, we're going to get into some of this here in a little bit, but think about Joseph. Think about his plans. Think about what he wanted when he and his father went to Mary's father and said, she's the woman for me. I want to marry her. I want her to become my wife. I'm confident that none of this was in his plan. 
<laughs> he wasn't thinking about, about hearing from somebody that his betrothed, his beloved, was pregnant before they had gotten married. He, he didn't want to hear that, um, that he was going to have to go to Bethlehem with her, take her with him, and, and, and take on all of the dangers of the road there, and, and her give birth in a stable. I'm confident that, that he hadn't planned for the Magi to come and for them eventually to have to flee to Egypt and then stay there for a while, come back, but not go where they intended to go and go to, uh, to dwell in another place instead of you know, uprooting themselves constantly to go. I'm sure that wasn't in his plan. And yet in all of the stuff that he did, all of the times he was obedient to what God said, God appeared to him. God sent an angel to speak to him. God appeared to him in a dream. God divinely warned him not to go there. And every time God spoke to him, Joseph was obedient. Every single time. Don't be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is, is uh, conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Okay, fine, God, I got it. We're good. Go. Take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt where somebody's trying to take him, kill him, trying to destroy him. And in Egypt, he hears from the angel again in a dream, from God in a dream. It's okay to go back now. Those who sought his life are dead. And then he finds out that, that Archelaus is ruling, and he says he was afraid to go, and God said to him, well, don't go there. Go to Galilee and go in Nazareth instead. Every time. And every time that those things happen, they happen and they fulfilled Scripture. And for those who say that Jesus um, knew these Scriptures as he grew, he knew these Scriptures, and so the things that he did... He did in order to fulfill those scriptures. He couldn't have done that. He was a baby. He was a two-year-old. He may be a three-year-old. Hey, Dad, we got to go to Egypt now so I can fulfill prophecy. I don't think so. Hey, Joseph, we got to go to Egypt now. Hey, Joseph, it's time to go back, and he got to move to Nazareth instead of, instead of Bethlehem. You know, just not there. And so all the prophecies about Jesus, and he definitely couldn't have fulfilled as a baby the one about where he's going to be born, okay? So God worked all of those things prophesied all those things and fulfilled all of those things in the life of Jesus. So, <clears throat> when they saw their star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother. And what did they do? They fell down and worshipped him. Now, I, you know, for a dog, the dog would lick his hand. But that's, I'm sure that's not what they did. They fell down and they worshipped him. These guys were in probably important in their cities. They were important in their country. They were probably advisors to uh, the rulers of their nation. And yet, they worshipped a baby. They fell on their face and they worshipped a baby. And they opened their treasures. They presented him gifts to him, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Gold for a king. You know, and I don't, uh, frankincense um, uh, as, as a sacrifice and myrrh for uh, burial, for the death of Christ. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Don't go back to Herod. He's not really who you think he is. He's not the kind of ruler that you can trust. Go. Sneak away. And when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay where there until I bring you word for Herod. will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. And, and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Again, immediate obedience. Immediate obedience. Really, 
I'm, I'm settled here, God. You know, just protect us another way. No. Immediately he did what God said, and he took off. And Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. Again, he was troubled, you know, and possibly really mentally troubled. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, and under, okay? He didn't just see how, how brutal and how vengeful and how hateful he was. It wasn't just that he found out that he killed all the ones that were two years old or right around two years old, two years old and under. Any newborn baby even, even though the star was some two years old, had been seen some two years before, even the newborn babies, that's how mean and hateful and demented he was. And it was fulfilled. Again, another prophecy fulfilled, spoken by Jeremiah the prophet. A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Another one fulfilled already in the life of Jesus before he's even three years old. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph. Another one. Another divine uh, message from God. Arise, take the young child and his mother, go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life were dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. And instead of going back into Bethlehem, he was warned by God in a dream, turned aside into the region of Galilee to go into Nazareth so that the prophecy could be fulfilled. He shall be called a Nazarene, another one fulfilled about Jesus. Now, I know there was a lot there. I know there was more than, um, than what we've got. But, uh, I, I mean, it, what I really have time to cover. But I think those magi are pretty important, pretty interesting. Um, and, and as I look back on 2020, you know, we, we, churches were thinking about what do you want to do and all that kind of stuff. And, were again, and a lot of them were going 2020 vision. All right. Well, 2020 vision didn't happen, did it? Not in 2020, you know, because uh, that's when COVID hit and everything went crazy. And so you have to rearrange, you have to get new glasses if you want 2020 vision. Maybe even have to, I don't know, get your eyes operated on or fixed or something because it was so crazy. And then 2021, and it didn't seem to get much better. And, um, and, and I'm not confident that we're out of, out of it yet. I'm not confident that, um, that this is over. I've, I've heard that there are some colleges that are, um, are going to meet remotely because they just, can't, can't, they, they just can't risk getting together and having the kids in the classroom. Um, and so, you know, I'm not, and, and I, I am not in favor of this new normal, okay? I'm just not. And I think if we were to take a vote here today, that, that not in favor would pass of this new normal. Um, I think we're tired of it. I think we're sick of it. I think we're ready for the most part to, to move on with life, to live our life, to do the things that we know that we were meant to do. I read something that somebody wrote, and they said, you know, you look at 2020, 2021, and some people really suffered and, and um, lost some loved ones, went through sicknesses, had difficult times, some of them financial problems and financial difficulties. Some people, it was not that way. Some people, uh, there, were, there was financial gain for some of them, you know. Um, and, uh, uh, and you think about the uh, stimulus checks and everything. Some people have done well with all of that and have been smart and paid off bills and debts and, instead of going into debt. Um, but I think it's just kind of going to keep on for a little while. 
And honestly, I'm not scared of it. Uh, there's only a few things I'm scared of, and one of them is, is hot wheel track when I disobey my dad. Okay? Okay? And, and, and I'm not, now dad's not, a, never has been mean, but he's been righteous. Okay? And just. All right? Even with hot wheel track. Okay? I'm not scared of a lot of things. And I'm not scared of 2022. My boys are part of a group, and I think it's the Lord of the Rings Theological Seminary on Facebook. I think, is that right? Am I there? Is that what it's called? Something like that. And, um, and I think it was in that one. It might have been another one. Somebody said, if you could go back and give advice to your 18-year-old self, what would you say in three words or less? Three words. And I said, I got to go back to 12 or 13 because that's where I started goofing up. That's where I started deserving the Hot Wheel track, okay? I got to go back to 12 or 13, and I would need more than three words. If I were going to give myself advice at 12 or 13 so that I wouldn't do some of the stupid things that I did and make some of the goofy, ridiculous mistakes that I made, I would need to go back to 12 or 13, not 18, and I'd need more than three words. I don't know about you, but I know that's me. And so I started thinking about that, and I'm thinking, what three words would fit? What three words would fit to help me really, even at that time, and maybe even really today, to become a better person, to become a better Christian, to be a better man? And I thought, <clears throat> follow Jesus wholeheartedly. Yes, that three words. It's a compound word, but there it is. Follow Jesus wholeheartedly. And I thought, see, now I've got to write a little essay to explain what that means. But I've got the three words. And at 13 and 12 and 18, maybe I might not have even known exactly everything that meant. Follow Jesus wholeheartedly. And I thought, what else would I say? If I had three words, what else? What other words would I say? Oh, I know what I'd say. I would say Matthew 6, 33. Matthew 6, 33. Three words, right? And you know what that says? I'm going to read it to you so I don't mess it up. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God. And then I thought, what else? What else? Uh, you know, <laughs> I can't say be like the Magi, but I can say seek King Jesus. Seek King Jesus. Or I can say, worship the King. You see, there are parts of 2020 and 2021 that were very good to me. I mean, parts of it were very good. God has done a lot of things. God has moved. God has taken care of a lot of difficulties. And yet, there's a point where, there's a point where I feel like I haven't sought his kingdom as much as I should have during those, that time. You see, we can be blessed financially and focus on that so much that our focus is off of King Jesus. 
And so today is January 2, 2022. I, I don't usually make resolutions. But if I'm asking myself, what do I need to do and what would I tell my 18 or 12 or 13-year-old self? It'd be one of those four. Worship King Jesus. Worship the King. Matthew 6, 34. Follow Jesus wholeheartedly. I don't know what your plans are for 2022, but those are mine. Those are mine. To follow him more closely. To be more of who he wants and intends for me to be. Not for the benefit of financial wealth or anything like that. Not even, honestly, for the benefit of Irvin Avenue Baptist Church as much as I want that. I want to be more of who he wants me to be because that's what he wants. And so I don't know what your plans are. I don't know how you're looking forward to, to 2022 and how you're looking ahead at 2022. But I pray that in 2022, you also will follow King Jesus, worship the King, seek first his kingdom, follow Jesus wholeheartedly. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your forgiveness. Father, I thank you for the Magi who came, took two years out of their life, two years plus, to find the newborn king and go and worship him. Father, may we use this year to follow Jesus wholeheartedly, to worship him as our king. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're gonna sing a hymn of invitation. I'm gonna be at the front.